0: Right here, right now. Welcome back to another captivating episode of our podcast. I am your host, Ben Kurkowski. In our previous episode, we discussed some significant roster moves by the Green Bay Packers for the final cutdowns and maybe some players we probably missed out on. However, I realized that we missed highlighting a few notable names who were signed elsewhere, and I believe they could have been. Honestly, game changers for the Packers as well. After that, um, in today's podcast, we will detail how our new rookie class is performing thus far as we look to begin the 2023 regular season. And we'll also look at the 2022 NFL draft class as well because we have more information on them now as well. So let's dive into these missed opportunities and explore how these players could have made a substantial difference. So two guys I missed and totally didn't even see. uh, One player who caught my attention was Logan Bruss. Logan Bruss, former Wisconsin Badger, drafted by the Rams in the third round of 2022 NFL draft. Bruss faced a setback. He missed almost the entire 2022 season due to an ACL tear. Prior to that, though, he was the Rams' number one selection in that 2022 NFL draft. Supposed to be a day one starter at right guard, tears his ACL. As we know, it often takes more than a year plus a full season to kind of regain full strength after such an injury. Moreover, offensive linemen often hit their prime around year three, year four, where they develop the strength and technique to battle NFL defensive linemen effectively. And what makes Brust an intriguing prospect for the Packers that we totally could have signed Uh, to our practice squad is his potential to be a valuable depth piece at guard an area where the team needs some reliable options unlike some other choices like Royce Newman and Sean Ryan who are currently on the roster Bruss could genuinely genuinely excite this coaching staff the Packers have the ability to sign players to their practice squad and negotiate with agents to secure valuable talent at a slightly higher price it's a win-win situation even if it slightly affects your salary cap because your salary cap is not just your top 53 players but also your practice squad as well, and any injured reserve players as well, and so yes, that would affect our if we paid a guy slightly more on the practice squad than the minimum, that would affect your salary cap, sure, but not significantly, not significantly whatsoever. You're talking probably fifty 000 to a hundred thousand dollars in the grand scheme of things is less than half a percent of your salary cap in order to get a guy who has some potential in the building a former third round pick i think that would be a great great move especially considering john ryan jr last year of his contract we don't think sean ryan or royce newman are quality starters at guard and that means you only have elgin jenkins the only other guard on the roster who you like as a starting guard so And then the other player, another player who slipped through the cracks is Isaiah Rodgers, a cornerback formerly with the Indianapolis Colts. Rodgers was released by the Colts after being suspended for the entirety of the 2023 season due to gambling related issues. However, here's the catch. He's in his last year of his rookie deal when he returns in 2024. And Rodgers is a starting caliber cornerback who for the Eagles won't require a paycheck while on the suspended list. And he won't count against their roster spot allocation either. This is a straightforward, intelligent move by the Eagles, securing a possible starting level cornerback for 2024 without investing anything significant whatsoever. So those are two moves I just wanted to talk about real quick, but I really want to look at the last couple draft classes um, and kind of see where we're at after Because these are big names. This is a young team. The Packers now are the youngest team in the NFL. Okay, Youngest team in the NFL. Which is insane. They are 25 and a half years old. Is their average uh, age on this roster. Younger than teams like the Colts. Younger than teams like the Rams even okay and the Rams have like 40 rookies on their team so uh or they did over the offseason so it's it's insane and so these young players who we drafted are the ones that are most important to the future of this franchise so I really want to see how what is the current state of the Packers draft picks and let's dive into their selections beginning with this year's first round pick Lucas Van Ness the Packers used their 13th overall selection on Van Ness, a known developmental edge rusher with potential similar to Rashawn Gary. It's crucial, though, to exercise patience and avoid prematurely forming conclusions given his developmental nature. Okay. However, it's becoming evident that challenges might lie ahead for a player like Van Ness. Um, He has maintained a relatively subdued presence during the offseason and his athleticism compared to Rashawn Gary's uh, initial year hasn't translated as expected. I just feel like uh, Rashawn Gary showed a lot more as a rookie. And also, you have to really think Rashawn Gary was a l- even more athletic than Lucas Van Ness was coming out. So, I I never have liked the Van Ness pick. I understand what he can do to your defense because of his incredible size and, in, and still really good athleticism because that allows you to play four down defensive linemen, which is pretty much what every good team in the NFL is doing right now. But, it's just it's not showing up yet i hope it does and i hope he gets the opportunity to develop and actually be on the field and playing and we can get preston smith off of this team get his salary off the books uh but right now lucas van ness does not look like the player and hope uh but hopefully they give him every chance to develop and actually get on the field to play so he can actually learn from his mistakes and get better in hindsight Of this pick, the Eagles selection of Jalen Carter at ninth overall stands out as exceptional value. The Eagles traded up for Jalen Carter, a highly skilled player who fell due to character concerns. The Packers had the opportunity to pursue a very similar path, but Devonta Wyatt's presence became a significant factor in their decision making. Wyatt was drafted in the first round the previous year in 2022 and... I raised a ton of questions about that pick due to his age, his inconsistent performance in college, his development has fallen short of expectations and honestly casting doubt on the rational rationale behind his selection as well. And that trend continued. If we look back at the 2022 NFL draft with linebacker Quay Walker, the Packers first round pick in 2022 as well. While his athletic abilities are undeniable, his deficiencies and instincts and decision-making have impacted his on the field performance and this highlights the need for kind of a reevaluation of the Packers' approach to filling positional needs through the draft. The Packers last offseason thought, "Hey, we have the perfect defense." Or we have we have three holes. That's what they said. They said, "We have three holes on this roster." Those three holes are an inside linebacker who is super fast so we can play nickel two linebacker looks. Super athletic, super long quay walker he's the longest most athletic linebacker in this draft let's get him okay then they said hey we need a penetrating three tech that was Devonte wyatt they didn't care what his age was where his developmental curve was at already uh that he was at his max uh because of his age probably honestly and they went and got him and then they went and got christian watson a guy who was capable of becoming a number one wide receiver and was also still athletic and that one turned out that one that was a great pick by the packers but this other two not okay they filled needs and that most of the time when you try to fill needs it does not work cuz you're over drafting players you're drafting them way higher than they need to be drafted the 2022 NFL draft uh presented honestly multiple advantageous trade back opportunities that the packers could have capitalized on if they had not been so set on needing to fill these three positions these opportunities could have led to a more impactful day one and day two selection outcome honestly uh imagine a scenario okay and i i went back and looked at all the different trades that happened and the packers could have landed on a lot of those trades just like that and i'm just this isn't even everything but if we look at the first three rounds ish this is really how it could have went and there's no reason why it shouldn't have okay the packers could have secured secured talents like christian watson george pickens drake jackson bernard raymond Travis Jones, Leo Chanel, Kirby Joseph. Well, while these choices, choices may not have been perfect, these are the choices I would have made. Not all of those guys have turned out to have been amazing players by any means. They would have contributed significantly to addressing the team needs and also been, uh, for the most part, pretty darn good players or at least have a promising path moving forward. Promisingly, though, several other draft picks have showed some potential for the Packers. For instance, Sean, Reier, Sean Ryan looked terrible in year one. Now has shown some growth from year one to year two, establishing himself as a quality backup guard, I think. While not a flawless selection, Ryan's progress uh, progression suggests a positive trajectory. Similarly, 22, 2022 fourth-round choices, Zach Tom and Romeo Dobbs seem to seem to be shaping up as potential draft steals, especially if Dobbs can get healthy. Additionally, Kingsley and Agbari, or J.J. Inigbari's exceptional week two performance positions him as a potential starter on the edge for the Packers. And then, uh, while seventh round selections, uh, uh, Tariq Carpenter, Jonathan Ford, Samari Torre, they face challenges. Uh, Honestly, uh, Tariq Carpenter, Jonathan Ford are on the practice squad. Samari Torre is honestly any week away from being cut as well. The expectations are naturally tempered for players chosen this late in the draft. Remarkably, though, one of their seventh round picks, Rashid Walker, has emerged as a standout, underscoring Gudekind's ability to find value beyond the early rounds. And then moving on regarding the 2023 draft class. Okay, the selection of Dante Wyatt appears to have influenced the Packers' decision making, like we talked about earlier. And I think, honestly, potentially led them to miss out on a true elite prospect like Jalen Carter. Okay, the Packers have this aspiration to operate with two interior defense linemen and two edge rushers, and it emphasizes the need for top-tier talent in those two positions. Okay, so you need two tier defense linemen that are really, really good. You need two edge rushers that are really, really good and that can hold up in the ground game but also be athletic enough to be able to get after the passer. So Kenny Clark... Rashawn Gary are two of those players, okay? Preston Smith is not in the future of this team, and I don't think he's good enough to get uh, and get after the quarterback. And then the other guy was supposed to be Devontae Wyatt, who they selected last year. Devontae Wyatt does not look like that player. But Brian Gutekinst, a general manager, with pride, with pride, let me say this, okay? Because he has so much pride that he has to stick with his selection that he believes has to look like his selection isn't bad, doesn't go after a guy like Jalen Carter who could totally change your two interior defensive lineman group. Okay? That group could go from a okay group to one of the best in the NFL. One of the best duos in the NFL with Kenny Clark and Jalen Carter. But, Packers missed out on the opportunity because they drafted a guy. They already have a guy, but he's average. He's totally average to me. Honestly, by the way it looks like it, he doesn't seem like a consistent player. And it just really makes me upset that Brian Gudikins is letting his past mistakes dictate the future of this franchise. And that's just bad general managing. Okay. Um, so while um, considering current needs, the Packers also went out in the second round and intact a couple notable positions that we needed. Prospects like Jaden Reed, um, he's shown exceptional promise. Reed's standout camp performance and versatility makes him a valuable asset for the Packers. He's going to be our slot receiver. He's going to be our primary punt returner, I imagine, as well. Um, and he's actually looked really good. Okay, I was not a fan of this pick, but he's looked really, really good. and. Props to Brian Gutekinds, again, for finding a player who I would not have taken a chance on. There's still some other players out there who I would have probably drafted, and we'll see in a year or two um, whether Brian Gutekinds was right or I was, uh, and we'll see. And then uh, the Packers uh, also went out and got, in the second and third round, they got the selections of Luke Musgrave and Tucker craft Musgrave's performance hints at his potential to become the most impactful rookie tight end in this draft class. Probably uh, he has looked exceptional thus far. He's looked fast. The Packers are scheming their entire offense around this player at times. And that's so exciting to see. I love Luke Musgrave coming out and I'm excited to see where he continues to go. So Musgrave has been great, but whereas Kraft's progress is yet to fully materialize, um, which is notable. Okay. Tucker Craft was a not as young a prospect. He wasn't as athletic as a guy like Luke Musgrave, and he didn't have quite the uh, performance in college or um, statistics in college that a guy like Luke Musgrave had. Uh, and coming from a small school, we knew it was going to take time to develop. But it's hard to see that happen when other options like Darnell Washington was drafted later on And now has been compared to LeBron, James, and Shaq just on a football field, okay? A complete bulldozer as a run blocker. And honestly, I think these two could have created a very dynamic pairing with Musgrave as the speedy, fast, so fast, vertical and yard after the catch type of player. And then you have this bulldozing, run blocking tight end which the packers have utilized so well over the last few seasons um with a guy like Mercedes lewis to come in and be able to handle that part of the job and could be a uh, insane red zone threat with his catch radius so i just i'm we'll see how that works out though the fourth round also witnessed colby woodens um uh being drafted by the packers um though The Packers also drafted Carl Brooks in the sixth round, who has totally exceeded expectations on the interior defensive line. And the Packers' decision to emphasize the interior defensive line position with both Wooden and Carl Brooks raises some questions, especially considering all the talent that was available near the top of the fourth round when a guy like Carl Brooks is already outperforming Colby Wooden. And there was a lot of great names on the board at the start of the fourth round. In the fifth round, Sean Clifford's rise demonstrates the Packers' eye for talent. Um, However, the challenge lies in his projected undrafted status, okay? Sean Clifford was projected to go undrafted, okay? There was a lot of people, a lot of quarterbacks that were highly touted before a guy like Sean Clifford, and yet the Packers put their foot in the ground and said, no, Sean Clifford's our guy. That's amazing that you can identify that this guy is going to be a good player, and he's won the backup job for the Packers. That's amazing. Okay, that's really, really good. But was anybody else going to draft him? Because it raises questions about the necessity of using a draft pick on a player when no one else is going to draft him. And you could have brought him him in as an undrafted free agent, even paid him less money, and he could have still won the backup quarterback job. You could have redirected some of these resources we just talked about, like Colby Wooden's pick, like Sean Clifford's pick, towards trades for notable players like DeWan Jones, Adi Adabari, center Luke Weipler could have provided additional impact. Dwan Jones, one of those players I just mentioned, already has looked so good. He's allowed one QB hit, over 148 pass blocking snaps this preseason, and he's might be the steal of the draft. A starting right tackle in the fourth round, two years in a row. We, I, have been able to identify these offensive linemen who are offensive tackles specifically? Who are incredible players who can be average from day one and have a sh- promising career? Last year, that was Zach Tom, who the Packers drafted, which was awesome. This year, it was Dewan Jones, and then that doesn't even count third rounder Bernard Raymond, who in 2022 who is now a starting left tackle for the Colts, and who had an incredible rookie season as well. Injuries. Did impact the assessment of 5th rounder Dontavian Wicks and 7th rounder, 7th round receivers Grant DeBose. So we don't know exactly what we get from those players so far. However, it's difficult because 6th rounder uh, Andre Yosevis emergence along with Malik Heath's standout performance among undrafted free agents underscores the complexity of draft predictions. It's so hard to know uh, what, to do with these late round receivers there was a lot of guys on the board there's a lot of athletic guys on the board as well and it's hard to see we'll have to we'll need more time to know what we actually got from Dontavian Wicks and Grant DeBose but it's difficult for me Could you say that again? <laughs> it's difficult for me to see these players not show up when you're seeing other notable names who I liked more who had more athletic potential already standing out for their teams um then there's the inconsistent performance of six-round pick kicker Anders Carlson, um, but I'm very happy that Packers are holding on to him, and they're nurturing his potential because I think he can be a great kicker if he can get through these mental hurdles early on in his career. And then lastly, there's running back Lou Nichols. His injury um, forced him to get cut by the Packers, um, but it is questionable why you're investing in running backs with any draft picks when Undrafted talents like Emmanuel Wilson are making this roster for the Packers. And it really questions the necessity of using draft picks for running backs while the rules are the way they are, while the financial considerations are the way they are for how the league is paying running backs and how good running backs are coming out of college and how successful they are during the first four years of their NFL career, but not so much after that. In the seventh round, the Packers also found cornerback Carrington Valentine's uh, he had a has had a very impressive offseason honestly to the point where the Packers have considered finding ways to get him on the field because he's been that good and then safety uh, Anthony Johnson's developmental trajectory um, I'm excited for him uh, even though he hasn't shown it yet but he only had one year as a starting safety in college and so I'm hopeful that this year he can really learn it get it down and can be a guy competing later on in the season for starting reps. As we wrap up this discussion, it's clear, okay, the Packers missed out on some draft picks, missed out on even more free agents um, to bolster their roster, like with talented players like we just talked about today. Two more, Logan Bruss and Isaiah Rogers. These moves could have been real game changers, offering depth and potential starting level talent without breaking the bank. And it's essential to recognize that sometimes winning these negotiations and securing valuable players, even at a slightly higher price, can be a smart long-term investment with these bottom of the roster type of players. Every opportunity to improve the roster should be explored. And the Packers may want to keep a closer eye on the waiver wire and practice squad negotiations moving forward. And then with our rookie class, um with both with this year, you know, um and last year, Brian Kudikins every year feels like he finds a, a few gems. Okay. Guys in twenty-two, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Zach Tom, amazing, right? This year, Carrington Valentine already showcasing his skills. Luke Musgrave, Jaden Reed. But then there's other top picks like last year, Devontae Wyatt, Quay Walker, then there's Lucas Van Ness, Tucker Kraft. All these guys have totally underperformed. And it seems like Gudekinst, he like swings big and either hits a home run. totally whiffs Uh, but truly only time will tell with these draft picks but we're going to continue to monitor them we're going to continue to keep brian gutikens honest in his management of this team and building up of this roster and that is all we have today folks we will be getting into five big reasons why the packers can win or might lose this uh game on sunday against the bears but the opening season is about to happen if you haven't already make sure to subscribe give me a review so you can hear what you guys think about the podcast and tell your friends about Packers now so that they can get all the latest updates on the green and gold because it's always Packers season at Packers now. Thanks guys.